Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 326, and I think I'm going to call it playing the long game in your house. When I say things like playing the long game, it feels very sportsy. And I come from a very sportsy, although they wouldn't call themselves sportsy, they would say athletic family. Um, I don't actually know what the sports analogy would be here. But anyway, um, it's just what I've been thinking about a lot lately is the little things that we do, or I do to hopefully make things easier down the line or just set things up in a way that, um, I'm going to be successful later on for the long term because that's kind of, well, that's not just kind of, that is my goal, right? Like that's my goal. It is not my goal to just have my house perfect for right now. Although that probably was my goal in the past, I guess, you know, when I would get my house ready for guests and, you know, I would project clean, like, okay, I'm going to get it clean from top to bottom. Instead, I've really switched my thinking to be more like, what is actually going to have real, unbacktrackable, un undoable, unreversible, irreversible, that's the word, irreversible, positive impact on my house. Anyway, but I'm talking about the long game. So the thing that made me think about this yesterday was a conversation that I had with my two sons. I was going to say boys, but they're 18 and 20 now. So I'll probably always call them boys. Anyway, I was having this conversation with them because uh, we had a day off of school and my 18 year old had said, Hey mom, is it okay if I make shrimp po'boys for dinner? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> like, um, yes, of course you can cook dinner. This is my son who has been cooking like crazy lately, as in making creme brulee and homemade bread and compound betters and grilling steaks and making sure they have the right crust on them and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the kid is just super into this stuff right now and I love it. And so he will on a somewhat, not all the time, but a somewhat decently regular basis, he will say, Hey mom, I want to make such and such. Can I make dinner? And um, the answer is always yes. I mean, there's basically never a time where I'm going to say, no, I really want to make dinner tonight. I mean, this is this is like living the life, right? There are a lot of things about having teenagers that are very stressful, but there are also a lot of things that are super duper fun. And this is one of those things. So I was like, yeah, sure, great. So we're having this conversation about this uh, with him and my 20-year-old. And 
I said something about having taught them to cook. And they both laughed and said, you didn't teach us how to cook. We taught ourselves. And I said, excuse me. Uh, And I brought up all the times when, yes, I did. I taught you how to scramble eggs. I taught you how to fry an egg. I taught you how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. I taught you how to put stuff in the oven, get it out safely. You know, there was a summer. I think they were probably, I don't know, you can look on the blog, but there was a summer when they um, each had to have a, yeah, they probably were at the most five, seven, and nine because I can remember my daughter could barely actually do anything on her own, but they each had a meal that they were supposed to make once a week. And so the oldest made spaghetti. Is that difficult? No, but it gets them there and working on stuff. Yo, I'm so nervous that my dogs are going to start barking again like they did last week. <laughs> I love that Rachel left that in. She did take out the total shrieking, but anyway. So I was like, I taught you how to do this. The other one, I think it was tacos or something. So they were not anything difficult, but it got them at the stove. And so I was very offended, honestly, that they didn't think I had taught them how to cook, that they had done this all on their own. And they both went, oh, wait. Yeah, I guess you did teach us how to do that. Oh, that's right. I can remember that summer when I made fried egg sandwiches every single day and I didn't actually like them. I was just really excited that I could cook these things and I knew how to do it. And anyway... And they would say, oh, yeah, some of our friends still don't know how to, you know, use a stove because they just never did. So they acknowledged that, yes, I had taught them how to cook. Had I taught them how to do fancy stuff? No. I have a friend who did like a whole summer curriculum with her. I'm assuming she did it with her daughter, too. But I remember when she did it with her oldest, who's like in graduate school now. But I mean, it was like all the gourmet techniques and things like that. I never did that. I never did anything fancy, but I did teach them how to scramble an egg. And I did teach them how to make a grilled cheese sandwich because I was like, I just want you to be able to feed yourself. And then if you want to take it farther, great, farther or further. Y'all know I always get messed up on that. If you want to take it and do more with it later, that's great. Did I have big dreams that I was going to do the summer when they were older and I was going to teach them how to do gourmet stuff? I totally had those dreams. Did I do it? No. But they've taken those things and they've, in the oldest one as well, he's doing great at making um, steaks and, you know, other types of things. If he wants it, if they want something, if they want to try something, they have the basic skills to be able to then learn new skills. You know what I mean? So it's that long game. It's one of those times. And if you have older kids, adult kids, um, you know how this feels, I'm assuming, but where you just kind of latch on to, oh, good, I did something. <laughs> I did something that was helpful that worked when they were younger. Um, and it made me think about how in those those summers when we did that, there were times where it was kind of a pain a little bit, but it was worth it. Like it was worth it for them to learn these things. Um, Another thing recently that I've kind of realized and accepted is, well, not realized and accepted, more like celebrated. But, you know, there were, I don't know, I wrote about it on the blog or I talked about it on the podcast, I don't remember, but uh, probably three or four years ago, maybe. I think it might have been the year before my oldest was a senior in high school. And we did a summer where I said, okay, y'all, you're on your own for laundry. I had taught them the basic skills when they were probably six, eight, and 10. Had taught them the basic skills. They knew how to sort, not that any of them sort now, but 
they had known how to do that. They knew how to turn on the washing machine. They knew how to, you know, put it in the dryer, clean out the dryer vent. Not that they always do that, but they do all these things. They know how to do it. And I had said, okay, for this summer, you're on your own for laundry. You've got to, you've got to know how to do this. And they did. And then honestly, especially over the last year or two, they've pretty much just kind of started doing their own laundry. Like they don't even ask me anymore. They just kind of do their own laundry because they there comes a point where they just like to have that control, right? And I never minded being the one to do laundry because that was how our routine worked. But routine is different. It changes all the time when you have people who are growing up. And so now I pretty much just do mine and my husband's laundry and he'll do it often too. My husband will. But they've just kind of taken it over on their own because their hamper gets full. They've seen on TikTok or whatever that you don't have to sort laundry anymore. And so they just go and do their own laundry. I still try to help them and do things here and there and, you know, try to explain if you put jeans in with really lightweight stuff, it's going to not dry the correct way. Anyway, whatever. But they can do it. Like they can do that. And so it's like, okay, those summers when they were six, eight and 10, even though sometimes I thought, oh man, this takes so much extra time and effort to have this child next to me, um, you know, with me teaching them, taking the time to teach them how to do this, to do this properly, blah, blah, blah. That summer when I made them do it all on their own and one of them, I won't name who it was, but you probably can guess, was like, just didn't do laundry hardly all summer and just would every time somebody else was doing a load would say, Hey, can I throw a couple things in there? And would just barely get by and we're, we're like three or four outfits all summer. Um, so, you know, even though it wasn't perfect, even though it wasn't great and there were things that drove me crazy for the long game, it was worth it. And I think that's where I know I have people listening of all sorts of ages, stages, um, in your home, this is not going to be a podcast just about teaching your kids because, you know, this is going to be about general for you and looking at this as a long game as opposed to that. But, but this is just a great example of how effort that was put in there, it was worth it. Do my kids know how to do this stuff perfectly? No. Are they going to embarrass me somewhere in some situation by how they do things? And people are going to go, what? Your mom taught you to do what? Yes, they're going to embarrass me. I'm ready for it. It's going to happen. But effort that I put in earlier on has benefit for the future. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, so a couple other things, like I said, not going to all be about kids, but uh, here we go. So some other things, and this is something I've seen in myself, but you know, I've mentioned as we moved that I was a little bit, I mean, honestly, paranoid might be the right word, over anxious, scared to death, over cluttering up the new house. You know, our master bedroom is pretty big. It has room for a lot of furniture. We could easily put as much furniture as we had in our old master bedroom plus more. And yet we have significantly less. And the reason for that is I just, I've, I've learned things. I've learned that flat surfaces collect stuff and it's better to have fewer flat surfaces. So it's like, if I don't need a big dresser in my room, I'm not going to have a big dresser in my room because I have storage, you know, drawers and things like that in my closet. So I don't actually need a dresser. So even though it feels like there should be a dresser, and it's funny, the people who will get to go on tours of my master bedroom, which I actually let people see the master bedroom now, which is really weird for me, but I don't know how long that'll last. We'll see. But they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you, but you have plenty of room for it. And I'm like, but I don't need it. And it, yes, it's a place to put some clothes, but it's also a flat surface. It's a flat surface. And I know that flat surfaces are hard for me. So I'm trying to minimize the flat surfaces. Anyway, so I've learned things from the past. Well, you know, one of the things people ask me often is like, how do I get this across to my kids, this decluttering thing? Well, my experience was I didn't tell anybody what I was doing in the beginning. And so I only worried about my own stuff and neutral stuff. And I focused on visible areas. So I was working in the living areas in my home. Well, 
my family started to change how they viewed our home, how they viewed stuff. Just the more we decluttered, the easier it was to live in our house. And the more we decluttered and the easier it was to live in our house, the less my family was attached to stuff because they just started to appreciate, wow, this is easier. It's just easier living here with less stuff in the house. And so as my kids have set up their own rooms, you know, because they're old enough to do that now, they um, want less stuff in them. I mean, that is the goal, right? Like they, my daughter and my um, middle son, both were like, no, 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 we don't want a lot of stuff in our room. We don't want furniture. We don't furniture. Now, my son lived in his room for a while and said, you know what I really need? I really want a desk in here. And I really need, I do need a chest of drawers. Now we'd gotten rid of a chest of drawers. So was I a little bit irritated? Yes, I was. Except that the one we got rid of was really tall and he only wanted it in one specific area of his room. So we went to this like liquidation place and took a risk and bought two boxes, you know, things that you had, he had to put together himself, which was a great learning experience uh, of a desk and a little chest of drawers. When I say take a risk, it's because when it's at a place like that, there's no returning. So if it's missing pieces, screws, whatever, you're, you got to figure it out. Um, but thankfully it was all fine. And he got that and he got just exactly what he wanted. Well, what are some of the things that I have been trying to do myself? Well, live without it for a while. Do without until I realize, you know what? I actually need such and such here. And that that is better for me in the long run for the long game than for me to try to predict all of the things that I might possibly need and go ahead and collect them and gather them and put them in places because that's how I did things back when I was first setting up an apartment in a house as I would just gather, 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 think of all the things I might need. I brought them into my house and there was more than could actually fit. There was more than I could handle with my clutter threshold. And as I did that, then I had to get rid of stuff and they were big things and getting rid of big stuff is a big pain. So that type of thing was, it, it was just, it made life harder. Well, I believe, and again, just like the cooking, they would probably be like, oh no, we just figured this out on our own. But I believe that it's by decluttering for all these years that my kids have changed their perspective on stuff. I, I really think that their perspective on how much stuff they needed and how to set up their rooms would be different if I hadn't done all that decluttering over the years. Okay. So now not to say that they have everything figured out. So I still help them. How did I help them? Um, after they had set up their rooms the way that they wanted, I was like, Hey y'all, how about we finish this? You know, and they needed some help to say, Hey, if you will get the boxes out, Okay, because I get it, y'all. That's me too, right? I've worked and I've worked and I've worked. And I'm like, why does this still look so bad? Well, it's because I had all the boxes sitting around. That's why. So, you know, I'm like, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you get all the boxes out? Why don't you, you know, I know with one of them, I went in and helped and we worked through it. And he was like, wow, my room looks so good. And I'm like, I know, but it was all easy stuff. It was just a matter of working through that easy stuff. Okay. So that's what they needed help with. They kind of needed that, like, hey, you know, this will really make a big impact. So let's do this. Wow, that does make a big impact. Now, down the line, they're going to tell their own kids, this will make a big impact. And I just figured this out on my own. Grandma didn't help me at all. And I will come. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So uh, let's talk about just in general, okay? Not talking about kids anymore. But I get questions on the regular basis about working decluttering into your life, like working the time to declutter into your life. And there's a couple reasons why I think this is. First of all, the more overwhelmed you are, the more you think it's going to um, take a huge amount of time. And if you are still in project mode, which is I am always in project mode. Like that's how my brain works. It's the thing I have to go, wait a minute, Dana, you're using project brain and you need to switch over because that's not beneficial to you in this case. Um, a lot of those of us who have a lot of clutter and need to deal with it are the same ones with project brain. So the tendency is to think this is the amount of clutter that I am dealing with. This is the amount of overwhelm I feel. That means I'm going to need this amount of time to accomplish this. And now how do I figure out how to work in this amount of time into my schedule? And you start doing math. I mean, that was me, right? I would do the math. I would try to figure out, okay, if this, this is probably a, oh goodness, if I, I could probably get this done if I worked for 17 days straight. So let's say I was going to work eight hours a day. Okay. So um, how many hours is that? 17 times eight. Y'all please don't ask me. And, um, so I'm going to divide that by, if I was to do an hour, okay. Okay. I'm going to do an hour a day and I would try to figure that kind of thing out before I actually got started. So I get it when people ask, that's often what people are asking when they say, how do I work decluttering into my life? Because they'll say things like, do I need to set aside a chunk of time? Do, or, or sometimes people will email me their plan and say, this is what I've decided I'm going to do. I am going to do, you know, 45 minutes every single day, I'm going to get up early or I'm going to do this after dinner every night. I'm going to work on, you know, 45 minutes or an hour a day, and then I should be done at X point. I get that. I, I know I've told this story before about telling my husband when we were first married and I was completely overwhelmed and, you know, cause I was really, really shocked that my house was not perfect. Like I'd always envisioned it was going to be just because I was married. I mean, I was working full time and all that kind of stuff. I had all these great reasons and challenges for it. Um, even though once I was staying home full time, that's when I really realized there was something wrong with me that, um, that it was not just that I didn't have enough time. But even then I, I thought that my motivation should be enough, right? Like I now want to create a home that is welcoming because it's my own home as opposed to, you know, other times, um, before that. And, my house was a disaster. And I can remember saying to my husband, okay, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean for 30 minutes every day. 
that never happened. I mean, it just, it just didn't like it maybe happened once, but I also, when I would take time and clean, I wasn't doing things in the right order. I wasn't focusing on the right things. And, you know, basically how to manage your home without losing your mind is the antithesis of that, of that idea of, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do 30 minutes a day, not knowing what that means or what to focus on, blah, blah, blah. But how to manage your home without losing your mind is how I finally did actually make impact. That's one of my books and make real change in my home. So it's that wanting to figure it out ahead of time. So so what do we do? Well, first of all, the first thing to do is to redefine your goal. Okay. The goal is not having a perfect house, right? The goal is having a house that's under control. And the goal ultimately is better, better, because I can achieve better today in any amount of time the goal is less. I'm going to have less stuff than in my house than I did before. That's the goal of decluttering. All right. So let's say you're specifically asking about how to um, make my house, you know, how to get my house decluttered overall when I know it's a big overwhelming thing. Change your goal to being less because you can do less right now, right now without any plan at all. And then when I changed my goal, to a house that's under control ultimately, but, and that's my long-term goal, but my right now goal is less. Once that was my goal, once I had a realistic goal that I could achieve easily in any amount of time, well, then all of a sudden it made sense to spend five minutes on my house, right? So I found it much more beneficial to first of all, change the goal so that I could work for short amounts of time because then I could find little bits of time here and there. I call them awkward pauses, all right, where you are, okay, I am done with this task and then I have such and such that's going to start in seven minutes and I kind of have this weird like, I know I should be doing something right now because there's so much to do, but I've only got seven minutes. Well, when your goal is less, then you can throw away trash for seven minutes and your house is going to be better. Like throwing away trash for seven minutes makes a big impact on a house. And having that goal ultimately makes a big impact on the house long-term. So that goal change is huge. But also then using the progress and only progress method. Okay, that is my no mess decluttering method, which is a five-step process, which the five steps are just there to keep you on track. Okay, it's, you can't make a mistake. If you're doing any of those steps at any time, you're doing great. But to start with trash, leading you through that process, it gets you through the momentum and will help you actually complete a, sp- a space eventually, even though it may not be like in a set amount of time, exactly when you want it to happen, you are setting yourself up to have only success because your goal is progress and only progress because you're taking one item out at a time, making a final decision about that item and then acting on that final decision. So nothing is setting to the side to be uh, dealt with later. All right. So if your goal is less and you can do it in any amount of time and what you do in that any amount of time even if it's a very short few minutes, is to use the progress and only progress method, well, then you're going to really start seeing an impact on your house. But that doesn't mean the only time you declutter is five minutes here, seven minutes there, 30 minutes there, okay, in the midst of just normal life. Because you do have, sometimes a whole day is an awkward pause, right? I mean, there are times where you're like, 
huh, well, this is a snow day. Okay, we've got a day out of routine or, oh, my kid is sick. I'm home from work today. Uh, I am not going to just do what I would have done anyway. I'm stuck at home or just out of routine. Or you just have a random Saturday where you think, wow, when's the last time I had a random Saturday? I want to get some stuff done here. Still, when you have the long game in mind, you still follow the progress and only progress method. Okay, you still use the no mess decluttering method and say, I am not going, because that that was a big part of my issue was the more time I thought I had, like the bigger chunk of time, like, oh, wow, I didn't know that I was going to be at home for three days in a row. Oh, wow, this will be different. I can now pull everything out. Y'all, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think I've told y'all this, but I tried, I thought, you know what, this is different now. <laughs> things are different now. So maybe I'm different too. I'm not, I'm never different. Okay. I pulled all of the paper in my house onto the dining room table. Cause now this was before I had found, um, before I was gonna say I had found before I was involved in teaching in take your house back course. And before I knew Cass's simple paper system that has really changed everything for me. But so this was, you know, probably nine months before I met her even. But I had pulled all my paper and y'all, I knew that. Like I had created a bigger mess because I was like, well, this is different now, right? I have a big chunk of time. This is different. Well, guess what didn't work? That. Same thing happened that always used to happen when I would pull everything out and make a bigger mess and I would lose steam. I would either get distracted or I would get overwhelmed or whatever. And I ended up with this bigger, huge mess and I was worse off than I was before. So even when you have those big chunks of time to really be thinking of the long game of like, how is what I'm doing now going to only make the future in my home better off, well, the progress and only progress, okay? Because you can't guarantee, you can't guarantee time, but even if you think you can guarantee time, you can't guarantee focus and you can't guarantee energy and you can't guarantee overwhelm. And so instead saying, I'm going to use the progress and only progress, and that's the beauty of it. If you have a huge chunk of time if you have two days, you follow the same exact process and you make real, actual progress, meaning things are in their definite, real, actual, designated home in your home where they're gone. And so there's nothing left to do later, which means that now you get to forget about those things you get to just move on because those things are done and over and that's how you make real progress. And that's how you actually play the long game. Okay. That is playing the long game. I hope that makes sense. I hope I know what playing the long game actually means. I guess we'll find out. Um, so taking advantage of those big days, but doing it in a way that even when it doesn't go as planned, it's no big deal. That's how you play the long game. The way that I would make things worse the way that I would defeat myself on this whole playing the long game thing, the reason I never actually saw long-term progress was because I would start a little here, start a little there, but never actually finish anything. And every time I started something here, it was 
making things worse in that general area. And then, oh, that's too overwhelming. I think maybe if I focus over here in this corner or this closet, it will be different this time. And then I would just make things worse um, and, and never really saw huge progress. The other thing too was I was stuff shifting because as long as I wasn't making a final decision, then that allowed me to just say, well, I'm going to keep this because I want to keep it. Well, if it didn't have a home, then it was just moving somewhere else that wasn't actually its home, which meant then it was going to have to be dealt with again later. And that was how I never made real actual long-term progress. Okay. So I guess my, my point, I should know more than to just say, I guess, but anyway, my point is how is what you're doing right now, even if it feels unglamorous and it feels unexciting, but if it's real, actual, progress that you're making, real things that you're teaching your kids, real things that you're doing in your home that are actually changing your home, which then are going to impact how your family sees your home and stuff and all that. Are they things that down the line are going to benefit me and benefit my family and benefit my house and make things easier and better? Okay. I hope that makes sense. I, um, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Is that it? Does that make sense? I hope so. All right. I will talk to y'all next week.